Um, when, when I was a management consultant, I, I worked with a company that put together accelerated learning simulations where they managed with a group of managers to compress one year of business activities into a one-day simulation. Wow. But the very un- unique thing about this simulation was that they always tried to simulate a collective failure uh, that all of the managers would go through together. So you, they, you create a stretch goal where you just couldn't quite achieve it. Yeah. Uh, and then but it'd be a very stressful experience. So, And that was important that the experience would induce some stress. So you, you needed to really want to achieve it, but you'd fall up short. But the, the inside of this simulation was that always everyone would go and sleep that night and come back the second day that run the simulation again. And collectively, they would then achieve the goal. Welcome to the Habits to Goals podcast with Martin Grunberg. It's time to take control of your life. Are you ready to achieve goals faster and more consistently than ever before? You need the habit factor. You're listening to Habits to Goals, the podcast that helps you create the habits that lead to success. And here is Martin Grunberg. All righty, here we go. Welcome back. Thank you very much for joining me. My name is Martin Grunberg. You have reached Habits to Goals. And today we have a terrific guest <laughs> dialing in all the way from Bangkok, Thailand, Justin Brown from IdeaPod. He is the founder and he is going to break it all down for us. Justin, how are you doing today? I'm good. Thanks, Martin. Thanks so much for having me. I should say, and you know this by now, he's an Australian native. So I love that. I love that accent. And it's, it's an honor and a privilege to have you on. Um, so let's, let's get into it. But before we go too deep, it's been a while. I want to make sure we kick it off, Justin, with our GTR. That is our good things report. So, since you are the guest, you uh, get to choose, kind of like a football match. Who who goes first, you or I? Uh, you go first. <laughs> All right. I thought you were going to say that. Well, this is a no-brainer <laughs> for me because uh, as I got your email that you were logging into the Zoom portal, I was wrapping up. We the GTR for me is that we're doing our first five day challenge. It's a get unstuck. It really could be a goal setting mastery, but what I'm most excited about Justin is it's, and I'm realizing now it's kind of funny that by the time this airs, the challenge will be far in the rear view mirror, but, but really it's my GTR because I'm fired up about the format. I came out of my own five day challenge a couple of weeks ago and I'm like, this is exactly what we need to be doing with the habit factor. So, so that's my GTR. What do you got? I woke up this morning to a very nice Instagram message from someone who read an article that I wrote two years ago wow. where I wrote about why I'm still single. I finally figured out why. Uh, and she, she wrote to me saying that she, she Googled why am I single came across the article and it helped lead to a really important breakthrough for her. 
And the breakthrough being in the article I shared that I realized the problem wasn't the women that I've been dating, but rather the problem came from me and, and how I was relating to others. And I explored psychological attachment theory. So it was just a really nice moment to get a personal message from someone that reads the content you know, that we put out and, and went through an aha moment and some sort of a shift. So that's really why we do what we do. And, and it, it's very heartwarming when, when these moments happen. That, that is. And when you say it, it sounds so much better than I, but there is nothing, <laughs> there is just nothing greater uh, than, than that impact when, when something you've, you've thrown out creatively that, that has shifted somebody's perspective or altered their life, or they write something to you that says, you know, thank you. Um, it's reminding me, I shared this a little bit ago, but a, a guy Ahmed in Egypt of all places, (laughs) you know, he listens to this show. He started a podcast, Justin. Um, and he said a lot of the reason was he was inspired by what we're doing here on habits to goals. And I was just, I was blown away. So I love, I love to hear that. And I, um, I'm eager i want to go look up that article it's called why i'm still single yeah so the the title is i'm 36 still single and finally figured out why i'm Mm -hmm. 39 years old now so it was written uh it's a couple of years ago so i've just turned 39 but another part of the reason why it was quite special getting that message was i woke up and i knew that i'd be speaking to you on this podcast today and I'm really uh, impressed and, and I love the what I see as a movement you're building around the habit factor and the importance of habits because in my own journey, there's been a real shift over the last few years in focusing on a big vision and trying to, to build things by focusing on goals first. Mm-hmm. I had to shift into focusing on habits first and this particular article came from committing to a set of habits and routines every single day, which in my case was always writing one article to start the day right? without a huge audience at the time. And then it took a bit of time and and it took a lot of commitment to the processes, to the routines, but eventually we got better and better at what we're doing. And then these articles started to go viral and reach a big audience through IdeaPod and to – to get someone reaching out this morning right before this podcast is is quite nice. It's like a double um, good feeling because I love the impact and the aha moment for other people to experience, but it's also just a reminder on on the power of habits. That's uh, yeah, that's that's a double bonus from my perspective as well. <laughs> anytime you can, anytime you can bring up habit. So uh, just to clarify, did you say what's your current age? I'm 39. 39. Okay. 39. You're still a young pup. <laughs> it's all, it's all relative to, to, you know, however old people are. It around. sure is. It sure is. I'm so very old to some people. So you wrote it in th- at 36 and you're 39 and, and you're still single. I am still single. boy. Good job. <laughs> uh, wrote, all right. So. I, 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 I want to learn more about IdeaPod as it exists today. I know it's had a lot of success, but before we go there, let's back this thing all the way up to 
to little Justin, not 39 year old Justin, but you know, maybe uh 10, 12 year old, like where did you grow up? What part of all, I'm assuming Australia. And then, uh, you know, where you went to school and kind of if you worked your way into a university, kind of give us the, uh, the summary synopsis the the quick overview of the childhood how it led you to where you are so yeah sure i'm from melbourne in australia i've Uh, I've often described myself as being overly educated so i went to melbourne high school which is an a selective entrance academically focused uh, high school in in melbourne um so from there I, i pursued academia i did a bachelor of commerce and then i did a Masters in international relations. I started tutoring at universities in Melbourne in international politics. And then I was very lucky uh, around 15 years ago to get accepted into a scholarship program in Europe to do another master's degree, uh, to be paid to do it. So I did one year in Poland and then one year in London at the London School of Economics. And that, that brought me to Europe. So, um, wow. huge. It was a great, you know, academic school to be at. Uh, I studied economic history, so looking at the long-term processes of economic growth all around the world and looking at the world we live in through the lens of economic history was absolutely fascinating. Um, After that, I was a management... Sorry, go on. No, I apologize. It is fascinating, particularly where when I look at it, you know, spoiler alert for, through the lens of where you are now to know that you have this deep, deep history and uh, economic history. So anyhow, my apologies. Well, Keep going. No. Yeah. I think that that, that is the really fascinating thing I learned was about the, the interaction between the East and the West. So whether that's something like East Asia, the West being Europe and the United States, and it was just fascinating to learn about the economic growth that came in Europe from the, the industrial revolution and the way the Eastern economies have been catching up in their own unique ways. So I feel very lucky to be living in East Asia and still be part of, part of both worlds. It's a very special, um, special thing. But, but after that, I was a management consultant for three years, uh, working in the mining industry. So I was in um, Siberia for a little while. What? Uh, Wait, in, in did, the you say medi- did you say medical consultant? No, um, mining. So oh, okay. I was w- w- working on um, chain mining management. consultant. Perfect. All right. That means, yeah. Sorry. yeah. So it was interesting because in, um, in Russia, the mines are at the same locations as the former gulags. And that's because that's why they created the forced labor camps out at mining sites to actually um, to to get the materials out of the ground. Hmm. So I ended up um, it was in the Arctic, right at the top of Russia, for three months during winter, uh, which was just a really fascinating experience to 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 go there and learn about how it all worked. I, but I, I was, I was I, Sorry, right again, but I saw a documentary about how some of those Russian towns have become like basically ghost towns. They're the Arctic mining towns that have been, um, and I could be confusing it with them, but, but they've been basically, 
I don't know, everybody left and they're vacated and, and they're almost like ghost towns. And they're really as far, as far up, as far north as uh, you can imagine. So you were there for three months? Yeah. And, and that was the context I was there because I was in a town called Vorkuta. So right at the top. And they were going through a crisis where the mine wasn't profitable on the uh. world market. So we went in to help them address the, the situation and, and hopefully return the mine to profitability. Uh. Um, but I, I only did the first stint and then I, um, I got accepted into a PhD program in England wow. at the University of Warwick in, um, international political economy. So I, um, you know, I sort of changed career path and went back into academia. Um, and it was during that time that I created IdeaPod as a side project to my PhD. Wow. <laughs> I'm just like, my head is spinning. I've heard a lot of great background stories and, uh, that is phenomenal and fantastic. And, uh, yeah, it felt like I watched a short movie right there. Um, <laughs> so, so you're a PhD. No, I, I ended no, up. No, well, you were going PhD. through the, the PhD schooling yeah. and then IdeaPod, you, something interests you about the personal development space? No, um, I, this was seven years ago and I started IdeaPod as a social network for uh-huh. ideas. And the insight was that in academia, academics were sharing their ideas with each other, but there wasn't very much sharing of ideas with the broader public. Mm. Ideas were being trapped in academic silos. So I wanted to create a platform for academics to get their ideas out there and build communities around their ideas. So I ended up quitting the PhD. I moved to New York City, raised uh, $2.5 million over a four-year period, building up this social network. And there's a whole long story to that. We achieved a lot of success early on, but ultimately by the end of 2016, we didn't have a sustainable business model in place. We were fueling this through private capital right and we made the the decision to pursue a different strategy which was to focus completely on cash flow uh, and building a profitable business not raising capital anymore for the technology and it was at that point that we went through a big transition into building a content platform which has ended up evolving and, and entering the personal development space so we, we now have a much bigger platform. We've got over a million monthly readers, 100,000 subscribers, and we've got three online workshops that are very unique in the personal development space you know, compared to, to other things that are out there. And it's a um, sustainable business. It's growing, and, and I'm much more uh, fulfilled and, and happy now with what we're doing. Yeah, I mean, chasing investment dollars, <laughs> especially when – when you see that the the model itself isn't ultimately sustainable, but I, the the idea that this formed out of uh, the the desire to share uh, more ideas with academics and across academia, I think, is really fascinating and how how it's 
how it has morphed. Um, wow. And, and so today you said there's like a hundred thousand subscribers. Yeah. It's got a hundred thousand, um, email subscribers and we've got wow. a, few, a few thousand, uh, paying students that enroll in our, um, online workshops and then we've got That's... quite a good distribution with, with the audience we've got through, um, social media and, you know, various other places that people find us. Um, yeah. And what, what gave you the confidence, this will be good to talk about, to make the leap that you, you're here, you are studying for a PhD to, to venture out into this, this bold new world where you're raising money for an idea. What made you think you could pull that off? I think that I had a pretty big ego back then, <laughs> uh, to, to my detriment in some ways. But I, um, I really had the, the self-belief that I could do anything I put my mind to. Great. And, and I'm, I'm very fortunate to, to have that, you know, sort of deeply embedded. Perhaps it comes from my, my upbringing and you know, parents that supported me. Uh, and, and we did achieve a lot. So we, we got a really long way with, with that venture. But ultimately along the way, I think I learned about the importance of developing a vision but then bringing it back to the here and now which really does come back to the importance of not just having good habits but aligning your habits with with the future with where you want to get to and and I feel like along the way I I sort of I didn't have that in place and we we achieved a lot but um we just couldn't get that that motor in the business happening well I I, first of all I mean we from my experience, we tend to learn far more from, from uh, you know, the challenges and the air quotes failures uh, than we do from, from things we, we win or get right. I mean, there's, there's a famous, I think it's Bobby Jones golfer who says, you know, I've never learned anything from a tournament I've won. So that there's, there's no doubt great value in that. I think what's, fascinating from my perspective is is the academia i want to i want to bring this up with you the academia angle because i have a bit of a love hate with academia and and i'm sensing that you're going to be familiar with what i'm about to talk about and that is when it comes to habit there's something called q routine reward have you heard of that Oh, in, in your work, I've, um, I've read about it. Uh, <laughs> okay. <but> please, <laughs> for everyone listening, I'd love to have a summary because I read it a while back. Yeah. No, I, uh, I mean, my take on it is it's great if you're a ma- mice or a rat, which is where, you know, it originates out of these research studies. Um, but, but really the, the best, the best way for humans who share something called intention and reflection is to Q routine reward isn't incredibly valuable. It's minimally valuable looking backwards, um, reflecting, you know, there was the cue, there was the routine, which means habit. And there was the reward maybe. I mean, but, but really when you want to construct habits, 
and you're a human, you have intention, so you can plan, you can act, you can record, and you can reassess. So I, I'm just doing this for multiple reasons. One, I'm sharing with you, uh, and I'm reiterating this with the audience that this is what we teach here in the habit factor world is par plan, act, record, and reassess. Um, so having said that, I, because you're, you're such a learned and brilliant young man at 39, how would you, through all your worldly travels and uh, professional experience, how would you define this bizarre concept of success? It's really interesting, everything you just said there. And, and as I go through your work, it results in a big aha moment for me. And that is around what it means to be a human. So mm. we're not robots that can be programmed by something outside ourselves. And I think that's the, the cue reward thing that, that you speak about. Yeah. Sort of can, we, we look backwards and we say, oh, well, those were the cues, those were the rewards. That's why I've ended up doing what I'm doing right now. Right. But I think that if we're really honest with ourselves, that's mm. not why we act in this world when we're acting from a very strong and powerful place, when we're very connected to something deep within. I think wow. as human beings, we have inherent creativity. So we're completely different to robots that respond to cues and rewards as though people can program us from outside who we really are. Mm-hmm. I've got a real problem with mainstream consumerist culture and particularly the advertising industry that try to treat us like mice that respond mm-hmm. to cues and rewards. But the deeper truth is that we act from underlying values, uh, underlying you know hopes and dreams for ourselves. We want to become deeply fulfilled human beings. So for me, what success really is, is when you are living the life right now that you've always dreamed of, that actually whatever you've dreamed of is available to you right now if you can understand what you really want and start to break things down in a very simple way where you realize it's all here right now. So success for me is when, I don't have a vision anymore of a different state in the future that mm. makes me feel like I'm I'm not worthy right now and I need to change something about myself to become sex successful in the future. For That's me, success is when I can realize right now I've got it all and it's simply a matter of reconfiguring the life that I'm living and the actions that I'm doing every day. That is beautiful. All right, just a quick time out. I want to make sure you know about the free habit tracking slash building template that I will send to you right away. All you have to do is text 33444. That is 33444 and simply text the word habits. That's right. Habits, H-A-B-I-T-S to 33444. And I'll get you your free habit tracking slash building template right away. Now let's get back to this amazing interview. That is straight up beautiful that you're bringing it internal. It's intrinsic. We can act from a place. 
of, um, and this isn't desire in the bad sense, it's desire in the good sense. It's uh, our ability as creatures, creators, to, to have an ideal vision and pursue it. And uh, wow, the way you put that was, was absolutely beautiful. Um, okay, so that's how you would define success. I don't think I've ever asked this question. I'm going to change it up a little. What? <laughs> uh, what would you say? Or I, it's d- define isn't the right the right way to put it. But how would you? I'm going to say it anyways. How would you def? No, not define. I I want you to talk about failure and what failure really is. Is what I'm trying to say here. Okay. Um- I, I do believe that failure exists because I, I think it is important that we have goals. Sure. Sure. And I think something really unique about failure is the learning opportunities that it brings. Um, when, when I was a management consultant, I, I worked with a company that put together accelerated learning simulations where they managed with a group of managers to compress one year of business activities into a one-day simulation. Wow. The very unique thing about this simulation was that they always tried to simulate a collective failure uh, that all of the managers would go through together. So you'd create a stretch goal where you just couldn't quite achieve it. Yeah. And then it would be a very stressful experience. So, And that was important that – the experience would induce some stress. So you, you needed to really want to achieve it, but you'd fall up short. But the, the inside of this simulation was that always everyone would go and sleep that night and come back the second day. They'd run the simulation again. And collectively, they would then achieve the goal. Now, according to this um, simulation, they had a lot of cognitive scientists on the team. It was backed by a big body of research. And the research suggested that after we fail and then we go to bed that night and we sleep, when we enter uh, various stages of sleep, our brain subconsciously, without us being aware of it, starts to reconfigure itself and form new <laughs> neural right. networks right, around right. whatever the potential solution may be. Oh. We then, we then, The brain has come up with the solution, but we just haven't consciously processed it yet. So that's that feeling of the aha moment when we arrive at a new insight. We're like, whoa, I've just figured this out. Actually, the figuring out of that idea of that insight has probably happened while we're sleeping, while we're daydreaming, while we're not even thinking about it. Mm-hmm. And then the, the executives would come back and that achieve the goal and go through a collective learning experience together. But for me, it's, it's always stuck with me about the importance of failure because we, we need to fail so that we can actually learn. And it's interesting that we don't need to focus on the failure so much. I think we can get so lost in failing and then we start to beat ourselves up. But instead, we need a culture where it's okay to fail. We don't worry about it. We don't even think about it so much. We're very relaxed. We go to sleep. The brain takes care of it on our behalf as it starts to learn and grow and evolve. Beautiful. Um, beautiful. Again, I'm, I keep saying that I love the way you frame that up. And, and in fact, 
Yeah, I wasn't to suggest that failure doesn't exist. Uh, I, I was asking the question because you, the, the more I see it in my world, in my experience with people I work with, people I know, it is precisely that. It becomes this stepping stone. So it's, it's a prerequisite, if you will, for it's part of the process, a prerequisite for that elusive concept success. You know, everything's totally dynamic. <laughs> so, so, uh, as soon as you grab hold of something, it's gone anyways. Um, well, brilliant. All right. So, so from a mindset perspective, how do you, Talk yourself through bad days, really crappy days. How do you pick yourself up? Oh, this this for me is about the power of habits and routines. So I'm I'm very clear on what we're doing as a business, where we are aiming to get to, and something that I uh, that I regularly do is uh, I stop and reflect and make sure that I've got a list of a few things every day that I do, no matter how I'm feeling, no matter if I haven't had a good night of sleep, if, if I'm just not on top of my game, I've designed my days so that there's the minimum that I could do every day. And if I did this over and over and over, the business will, will get to where it needs to get to. And then I constantly reflect on that and make sure that, you know, that's heading in the right direction and, and often those those habits change in terms of what the output will be, and um, it's not perfect. Um, sometimes the, the the habits I've designed may not be the right ones, and we need to shift course along the way. But I'm very committed to doing things every day and and doing it in a way where it doesn't need to be perfect. We just have to produce and, and get it out there. Um, all right, fair enough. And and what are two or three core or essential habits that that are super important to um, you showing up the way you want to show up from one day to the next? Well, in terms of the business, it's the content. So our content is a big driver for our audience, for our growth. Yep. So we've, we've, we've built a business with a system in place where the more content we create, the bigger the audience gets, then people end up arriving and, and becoming part of the community via various touch points. So, yeah. so I know that at a minimum, if, if the content keeps on being produced according to this strategy, that it, it continues to, to grow. That's brilliant. What about uh, wellness habits for yourself, if there are any? Uh, exercise. So every um, every morning, start the day with exercise and it, it varies based on the day. So sometimes it's a gym session. Other, t- other days it'll be running, often alternating between the two. Uh, although now that I'm in Thailand, I, I want to give Muay Thai a shot and see if I can get really fit with that. <laughs> uh, what's, so we're in October. What's the temperature there today? It's not too bad. It's like 20, oh, Fahrenheit. God, I, I was in America for well, four You can tell me Celsius or 26 degrees Celsius. Okay, so it's pretty warm. I mean, it's not crazy warm, but it's warm. It's short and it's probably close weather. to 90, like 88 or something. 
Okay, yeah. I'm guessing. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> I'm totally guessing. <laughs> In fact, uh, all I know is when I was there, it was hot and muggy. There it is, 82. I remembered it. I put it on my phone. Nice. 82 Fahrenheit. Um, okay, so we covered some habits. We covered what is there a and some people don't want to answer this and that's totally respectable. Is is there a uh bad habit or a habit you're trying to habit that you don't love so much that you're trying to eliminate or diminish? Yeah, I think when I go on dates every now and then, I always wanna have a few drinks, like whether it's a few beers, cocktails, whatever. And sure. I'm a fairly um, introverted person, so it's it's a little challenging to meet new people. Uh, so I, um, I've um i learnt about myself that I've grown to rely on alcohol in social situations. And that's a habit that I, I don't think serves me so well. I think it would be nice to not rely on that as a, as a, as a crutch. So that that's one I've become aware of recently. I sort of hadn't really thought much about it. So that's that's a habit I'd like to um to question a bit. Well, I don't <laughs> I don't think you're alone in that one. <laughs> I, th- <laughs> I think that is a uh fairly dare I say common situation, particularly on, you know, first dates type thing. Yeah. Throw back one or two or four. Um, all right. Well, we're, we're approaching third base, maybe even rounding third base. I, I, uh, am grateful again for your time. I know, I know coordinating this hasn't been entirely easy, but I, I really wanted to do this and, and, uh, make sure at the end, although I will ask for, I want to make sure we link back to IdeaPod and, and share maybe some resources, some of your, your favorite posts. Um, here's another, another form question, if you will. If you, 39-year-old Justin, we're talking to 19-year-old Justin, <laughs> what, sort of, what sort of advice might you give you uh, just uh, just chill out and enjoy the ride. None chill of out. Much. <laughs> chill out. Yeah, chill out and enjoy the journey. Um, the the things that you think matter, the the success that you think you want, none of it matters as as much as you think it does. Interesting. I like it. I like it. And uh, what are two or three? transformative you're you're obviously very well read books books that have made an impact in your life that maybe you gift or you you find yourself talking about and referencing often uh yeah i've got two books that are just um i can't hear you i've got two books oh there we go brilliant yeah so um the first is man's search for meaning by victor frankel (laughs) Fantastic. I know. And it's it's a short book as well. It's only 120 pages. It um it had a huge impact on on me about the 
the meaning that we get from life and that we've always got the choice in this very moment in how we're going to react and how we're going to define what's what's happening. And the the other book is The Courage to be Disliked by Fumitake Koga and Ikiro Kishimi. And this is a, a brilliant book in the personal development space about the power that we've all got to choose right now. So it's very similar to Man's Search for Meaning. And it's a critique of a lot of psychology and a lot of therapy and counselling, psychotherapy, where they often try to do a deep analysis of our past, Mm -hmm. the trauma we've gone through. And this is a very different approach that actually says we've we've got that we don't need to be defined by our past so much. We don't need to be defined by tragedy. We can make a very different decision right now. And it really comes from having the courage to be disliked in not needing to care so much what what people think around you. And and from there you can build that connection within and, and set a very different path for yourself. That is fantastic. You know how sometimes things come into your life, Justin at the exact right moment that is a uh that is a concept i've been dwelling on a lot yet i haven't heard about this book and while i know there are a lot of therapies that bring incredible value i've seen with some friends recently where it's like it's kind of this ongoing mess like it's helpful it's helpful it's helpful and then all of a sudden it goes to crap and and so I'm wondering, you know, as the lay person on the outside, like, why why do they have to keep bringing up the old stuff? Why can't they decide and move forward, especially when they had worked through it? Um, and again, I understand life is dynamic, and but but that sounds like a theme and a thesis that, first of all, I've been. I've been writing somewhat about and and I just uh, haven't found anything out there that supports it. So I need to investigate the book is what I'm getting at. It's a it's a really fantastic book. I um, I've been thinking about these things recently as well. I'm currently writing an article called "The Cheap Wine of Tragedy" about the the addiction that many of us have. To tragedy, to tragic so events of the past. Yeah, and drama. We, we often we want to build our connections with each other based on tragedy, based on gossiping about the bad things that have happened to us, and it's yep. um, it, it's like a deeper pattern that I, I think we can we can get out of. Well, sort of and snap out of. It's it's funny. I'm sure you've heard the term um, in psychology. It's called gunny gunny sacking. You've heard that, right? I haven't heard of it. No. Okay, so. So that's like a German, you know, a knapsack, right? So we we carry around in our gunny sack these these emotional hurts because we've earned them and we Yes. <laughs> and 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 they're important to us and so it's just mine and I'm angry or you know somebody screwed me over and 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 so that just weighs us down and and there's a minor addiction to it as you said anyways gunny sacking is is a term that was used it's certainly not used too much these days but uh the courage to be disliked i love it i'm definitely going to dig that up 
A um, couple more questions, and then we will sign off. And I, I feel like I'm going to want to have you back on in the not-too-distant future already. Um, is there a tech tool, gadget, website, probably not your own website, <laughs> that, <laughs> that you, you know, you can't live without that uh, you kind of use from one day to the next to be productive or yeah i um i use trello and i use the free version of trello so it's a project management software where you can create cards for each task or or whatever you want it to be and i create lists and it's how we manage the business various teams we've all got trello boards but I, i also use it personally where Whenever something enters my mind, like a task that needs to get done, I quickly add it as a card in Trello in my own personal space. And the reason I do that is then I get it out of my head so I'm not dwelling on things as much. And I I feel like it helps me to be a bit more free and creative because I know that at some time during the week I'll sit down and go through it all and just knock things off. It's, It's amazing. First of all, I think every episode links to Trello. I love Trello. <laughs> and and what you just said about emptying your mind, that was the the episode that uh well, again, it depends on when this airs, but I want to say it came out came out yesterday, but uh yeah, it was called The Value of Emptiness and and you know, David Allen, the guy who wrote Getting Things Done has this wonderful quote that the mind is for having ideas, not holding them. Oh, that's a nice quote. Yeah, it's beautiful. And, and so there's the, the way we can be innovative and creative, uh, and even have more energy is, is with an, an empty mind. And it sounds, it sounds crazy because we used to, you know, we think that's what an idiot is if he has an empty mind. So, so it's this, incredible duality what we want to fill it up and then we want to empty it (laughs) so wonderful um any other book or tech tool that you want to mention that you might be thinking of we we use uh slack for instant messaging that's cut down on on emails i've found that really useful sweet um, all right, Justin. Well, this was educational and enlightening. Um, before we sign off and make sure you, you hang on, but we're going to sign off to the audience. Please share, uh, you know, if there's anything you'd like to promote or a course. Again, we'll link to the website. Just keep in mind this, this may not air for sometimes so if it's like it's a promo <laughs> that's expiring tomorrow probably not I understand yeah i just think if anyone's interested in learning more about what we're doing our unique approach to personal development and you know what it means to be human go to ideapod.com and sign up for our email list uh, that's where i i write a couple of times a week and we put a lot into that so I think that would be a good spot. And then uh, I'm on Instagram at Justin R. Brown. Instagram. Mm-hmm. We should be, we should be on Instagram. <laughs> There's too many places. We're not. Uh, 
Well, again, Justin, thank you so much for making the time. I'm glad you have. I know the audience is. And as I said, I'm, I have a good feeling we'll circle back and bring you on. And I wish you and IdeaPod the very best of luck. So stick around and we're going to end this part of the show. Say goodbye. Thanks very much, Martin, for having me. I've really enjoyed it and look forward to, to next time. Brilliant work. Great job. Today's episode is brought to you by audible.com. There are over 180,000 titles to choose from. If there's one thing I know, and I think Jim Rohn was the one who said this originally, in five years, the difference in your life will be largely based upon two things, the books you've read and the relationships you have fostered. Doesn't it make sense to take advantage of the downtime, whether you're on the road, on a run, in the gym, kill a couple birds with one stone, get a book going? It's phenomenal. It's The more people I turn on to it, the more uh, compliments I get. Not that I've actually done anything. 180,000 titles to choose from. You get one free book a month, 30% off any other book. Again, check it out. AudibleTrial.com forward slash habits to goals. I'm going to say that again real quick. AudibleTrial.com forward slash habits to goals. And that is the number two. And of course, when you support our sponsors, you are supporting the show. So thank you again. I am extremely grateful. We'll see you at the next episode.